Welcome to the Joy in the Journey podcast, a podcast about everyday people sharing everyday journeys. Everyone has a story, and I'm so excited to be highlighting people who share their unique stories about finding joy in theirs. I am your host, Catherine Buckley Tessim. I am a child of the king, firefighter wife, mom of two littles, and an entrepreneur. I love my sweet tea and being a small town Texas girl. Welcome to the journey. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to episode 13 of the Joy in the Journey podcast. Like my intro said, I'm Catherine Buckley Tessum, and I'll be your host on this podcast that is all about sharing and finding joy in the journey. I am so excited to be welcoming my friend, Erin Jones, to the show today. Erin joined the athletics department in 1996 at Texas A&M University and currently serves as the associate director for athletic event management. She is passionate about serving others, has grown up in the sports industry, and really Truly, when you get to know her, she is all about love. So Erin, thank you, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Catherine. I appreciate that. What a, I mean, that's a humbling intro. I appreciate that a lot. Of course, and um, you and I have known each other, goodness, for almost 15 years, I feel like. Um, So you got to see me grow up a little bit too, but I absolutely love your story um, and your journey. I mean, always been surrounded by sports and growing up into it, you're a sports family. And so will you share with our listeners just a little bit about kind of where you started and um, how everything's been going for you? Yeah, of course. So um, like Catherine said, I am a coach's daughter. I have um, grown up in the basketball gym. We spent all of our weekends there when we weren't in games. I think every Saturday and Sunday we were still playing in the gym. Um, It's just kind of our, our hangout. That's what we, I mean, literally we're like, okay, let's go to the gym and go, go play around for a while. Um, My parents are both educators Um, My dad, like I said, was a coach for um, 38 years in the public school system. He was a varsity basketball coach for those years. Once he retired from the school system, he actually coached AAU basketball for five seasons, I believe, uh, which he also ended up coaching my nephew. Um, So I believe one of his greatest accomplishments was, you know, along with his winning seasons and public education, being able to coach Bryce, taking them to the national tournament in New York City was a huge accomplishment for them and their team. And, you know, I knew growing up, I loved athletics. I wanted to be involved. However, Catherine, I knew I never wanted to teach or be in public education. It wasn't for me. I would probably, we kind of laughed. My mom's like, you'd be in jail by now because you would probably whoop somebody's kid somebody's kid. Um, So I knew I did not want to be a teacher. Um, And so when I got to A&M, sport management was real new. Then, honestly, I don't even know if we had it um, back in 96. Uh, If it was, it was a very, very small department. Uh, My sister had been here before me, and that's how I fell in love with A&M. She actually ended up being an education major with a Kinesis minor, Knowing now, like, what the majors are, she would have been a sport management major in a heartbeat and would have thrived in this atmosphere as well. But she decided to teach and coach. She married a coach. And so, like Kevin said, I have been involved in um, sporting events my entire life and just started as a student worker here in athletics in 1996 under, at that time, it was Penny King and Jane Williams. Penny was our... um, associate athletic director. She had uh, been promoted. Her story is amazing as well. She had started from a ticket rep, so a ticket salesman, and moved all the way up to associate athletic director by the time she finished with Wally Groff, um, and then actually stayed when Bill Byrne arrived and flourished under Bill as well, where our department really took off um, in the 2000s under Bill. And um, you know, so from there, I just kind of started as a student worker for them in the business office. And two and a half years into it, I realized um, I really, really wanted to be involved in events. And so at that point, Dave South and Mike Caruso were working side by side. It was 
the department was set up differently back then. And I just went to Dave and Mike and said, I really want to work for you full time. And so there, and again, back then, you don't see it happening now, but you know, administrative assistants, secretaries, that we don't call secretaries any longer either. But back then it was like, you know, you got you were put in that role and you never moved. Um, I became basically their administrative assistant in 1998 and um, really just worked my tail off, Catherine, to make sure I was always involved. I did extra things for Dave, like um, when he was traveling, he was our radio broadcaster, as some of y'all may know, he was the voice of Aggies for 50 years. Um, when he would be at away games, I would always ask to be like a spotter in the press box for him or anything that I could do to be involved. Um, and then I started getting more involved on my Caruso side, which was game management, game operations back then. Um, and any sporting event, like I'd be like, Mike, please let me do volleyball for you tonight. And I just, you know, like I was single. We don't have, I'm married now. We don't have kids, but um, I had the ability to go and like spend every night in a gym or on, at the football field or wherever. And so I literally, I'd be like, Mike, let me do volleyball tonight for you. Okay, do you want to do it? Like anything I could to get experience, I did it. So fast forward, we had a, and really, Catherine, I always say like, I know how God looks out for us at all times. Um, there are two major things that happened in my athletic career that kind of just changed my uh, path. Um, Melvin Watkins, who was a basketball coach here, got fired his assistant coach his wife was going to be Mike Russo's um, assistant game manager for football and so obviously that staff got fired and his wife was like well you know obviously she's following Bobby to his next job so Mike doesn't have an assistant game manager for football that upcoming year so he calls me in and he said Aaron I'd really like you to be my assistant game manager would you be interested and I'm of course, like jumped at the chance. Um, I will say the first two seasons, probably, Catherine, I was very, I mean, so green. I feel, I almost feel bad looking back at some of those early seasons and going, oh my gosh, those poor people that I was dealing with, like, did I know what I was doing at all? Um, and so I would say the first two seasons, I didn't answer any questions. Like, I would just take notes. Mike, you just tell me what you want me to do and I'll, I'll take care of it. But I didn't want to answer questions about when people were calling in about issues. Um, and then I would say probably about the third season, I was really getting, everything was under my feet and I felt good about being in control. Um, I was still young enough to, um, I do look back and I tell young girls all the time, um, young women, don't ever try to like overstate your power because um, it's going to come naturally. And that's a big deal looking back now. Like I would say in my late 20s, I was still trying to make sure that people realized I was, you know, the one in control or I was, you know, I am knowledgeable enough to be able to lead this football game. And now as I've matured and grown into all of my positions, you kind of like, if I'm leading, I'm leading. If someone else needs to lead and I still do the job, I'm completely fine with that. Um, and that is just one big thing I do. I always try to like really reiterate to my students or classes when we have discussed. I I want the I want women to be in power, but I want us to do it with um, grace as well, and um, ethics and morals, and just being able to say like, hey, I am in control, but if you need to overstep my lead, go for it, because in the end. My answer, if it's right, is still going to be the way we're going to handle it. Um, so I kind of went off track on that one. I'm sorry, Gavin, but it is one of those, like, I just look back and the maturity level and the growth that takes place in this job, um, you know, 25 years later. Um, and then the other path that kind of helped me along the way was, and Catherine knows this gentleman very, very well that I'm about to talk about. Uh, Alex Crusoe signed with AM to play basketball. Catherine used to babysit Alex, who's now in the NBA. So um, we always kind of, I like to joke that I'm like, yeah, I used to babysit that kid. So 
when Alex signed with AM, Mike Caruso, his dad, knew he could no longer be the game manager for men's basketball. And so he called me in and said, This is what's going to happen. I want you to take over this position. And in game management, event management, athletics, you want to be the game manager for football or men's basketball. And that's kind of like you've kind of made it in the world of athletic event management. Um, and so I was able to move into the men's basketball game management role and um, love it, obviously. Again, basketball is my passion, but um, that's where I am currently. So I have um, game management role of men's basketball, soccer, which at AM is only for women's soccer, um, indoor track, outdoor track, and then I'm the assistant game manager for football. So that's kind of where I'm landing right now um, in year 26 of my job in athletics. And I absolutely love that. So thank you for taking us down um, the past 26 years and even a little bit before then. Um, there's so many things that I want to touch on there um, for our listeners just to kind of expand on because um, there was lots of advice given uh, for young women, um, which I know we both feel very strongly about that um, being in a male dominated industry. Um, and then also just people. Um, so I'll uh, take it with the um, advice part per first, and then we'll we'll get into talking about some of the people that you mentioned. Um, but exactly that kind of um, you've always had student workers there for you, and you are again, a fantastic leader. I was very fortunate to sit with you and Mike um, in one of the last football games at the old Kyle Field um, a few years back. And just to watch you, the way that you interact with your students, but then also the way that you manage the game um, was very inspiring um, because, and you hit on it there a little bit of, you don't have to be the person in charge, you know what the things are doing, but you're carrying on a conversation while also uh, using the program that you guys use of everything that's coming in so that post game, um, whenever you do your event recap, you can see, okay, these are the, the um, issues or um, problems that were brought in and this is what we need to do to be able to fix it. But you can, I could tell being there with you, um, the way that your students respect you, um, the way that they learn from you, and again, just the leadership that you have. So touch on that a little bit, um, what you recommend for students wanting to be in the sports field, wanting to enter event management, kind of what is your best advice there? Yeah, so um, I would honestly, I'm not a micromanager, Catherine, and micromanaging is my top pet peeve in the world, probably. Um, I believe we hire people to do their jobs and to do them well. Like, obviously we all have to gain the trust that we can do them, but everybody's gonna fail at something. And then it's up to them to like figure out how to fix it. Um, obviously in our role, if we fail, okay, we're gonna fix it, we're gonna move on. And that is really how I handle um, my students is I'm going to give you a task. I need you to go do it. I, if you need to ask questions, do it fine. But however you get to point A to point B, I, I don't care as long as point B is accomplished. Um, and that's just a big deal for me is because again, especially during football season, if I have time to micromanage you, I can just do it myself. And that's what I tell them all the time. I'm like, if I have time to like step-by-step step how I want it done, then I might as well just take the task back and not even bother me with it. And so I truly just kind of walk away after I give them a task and like, okay, you need to go figure it out. Let's, if you need help, come back and I'll, we can figure this out together, but I want them to help. I want them to be able to figure it out. Um, because most of our students, and I do try to keep our student workers that are not always sport management based. Um, if they're coming to me for, you know, if they want a job, absolutely. Um, but I've had our Aggie dance team members that have been student workers. Um, I've had random, and again, I normally hire females. That is just, it's just what I tend to end up hiring. So, and I don't want to hate me, like I wouldn't hire a male because I absolutely would, but females, especially as students, are more likely to like be willing to go copy the 
run the papers or you know make hole punches and cut everything out that we have to do rather than and I find like a lot of our guys they want to work on the facility side because it's like get out and do the lifting and the moving and so for them it just works and the biggest thing for my students is I truly I'm like we all have our lives they have their classes as well if you can't make a day of work not a problem we we can make this work together um I'm real lenient on that I as Catherine as you've seen in athletics we are in and out of the office it's not an eight to five job um so if they need to be off or run in late or come in early you know leave early fine I'm good like I don't expect you to be here 20 hours a week every day if you can't be between classes and events um again what I expect is the work that I ask you to do to be done correctly and um, efficiently. And then when I ask things to be done at, you know, especially football games, that they're done. And I think truly a lot of it is um, when I, I hire them, I'm real honest about that. Like I may not roll into the office until nine o'clock in the morning. So don't be here at eight because I'm not going to be here at eight because I had an event last night, you know, that sort of thing. And I want them to grow. I have two right now. We have, we have one girl that's in um, at TCU, but she just graduated last year and was our student for three years. She helped me run the SEC indoor track meet two years ago. Obviously nothing last year. So if I say last year during any of this, Kevin, remind me, it's been two years. Um, but so Reagan did SEC indoor with me. Got so much experience. She handled all the medals and trophy presentations. And I mean, the amount of experience she was able to gain from that. Um, my students have also set up a lot of our um, pre-game football agendas for me or information sheets. Um, and then I'll go in and like update them weekly. But I usually have one student that like lays it all out in InDesign and takes care of all that. Because I think it's important for them to know like that part of the job as well. Because in today's world, so much of our stuff is computer and printed based. Um, and I just want them to be able to experience that. And again, I think the more we give them, the more ownership they take in it. And the more ownership you take, the better the product is. Um, and so I usually, when you know, I'm talking to the students when I'm hiring them, I let them know like it could be as mundane as stamping 150 parking passes for the day. But those 150 parking passes that you're stamping and cutting is what makes the team, the football team, allowed to park on game day without a ticket. It allows them to get into the garage without a problem. Like we're taking care of all the stuff beforehand and I want them to take pride in that. And I've, I've really noticed that a lot of my students, that's, that is some of their biggest things when they like see a parking pla parking placard on campus, they're like, oh my gosh, we did that. Um, or we're saving that athlete from getting a parking ticket today, you know? So it's, it is one of those, like, um, I think that is a big deal for me when it comes to our students and letting them take ownership and making them um, or hoping that they take pride in what we're doing as well. And I think that a lot of that you learned growing up, um, being a coach's daughter, you know, because it is very big picture stuff and every little person on your team plays a part, um, plays a role in that bigger picture, um, you know, depending on the season, how many home games there are, you know, that, okay, for every single task that we complete, this allows us to have a hundred over a hundred thousand people in Aggieland on a Saturday. Um, and, and that's rewarding too. Like you said, giving people ownership. Um, that was some of my favorite things whenever I was working for people or looking for, um, you know, something in a boss and a mentor that you want them leading you the right way. And then whenever you step into that role, and again, why I credit credit a little bit to the way that you were raised is because you saw all along, okay, I have a role on the team and I'm going to do my part and make sure that uh, my I's are dotted, my T's are crossed so that my team performs better um, that day. And so I love that, that uh, the athletic side has transitioned over um, into the business side, which uh, again, we, we talk a lot about the correlations there between life and business um, and what 
a blessing to have been in athletics for as long as you have been uh, to be able to continue to accomplish that. So I'd like to uh, kind of take it down a little bit to back to the people, um, because in your 26 year career, um, as well as just life in general, there are people who've taught you those things along the way. And um, so I'd love for you to give a little shout out to maybe three people who have meant a lot to you, who have taught you um, some of the things that you're now passing on to the people that you mentor daily. First, so um, I mentioned um, two of them already, of course, with Penny King, uh, who really is, uh, I would look at her as my mentor. Um, early on in my career, uh, she was, like I said, a woman in athletics as a ticket rep. And back then it was in G. Raleigh White, which no longer is even on campus. It was our Coliseum. It was a one room ticket office. Like, I mean, where we've become, what, where we started and where we are now is unbelievable. But, and so Penny just kind of helped me see like, you can have a career and you can have a family her husband and son at the time were obviously the two most important things. Um, she all, she now has grandkids and a daughter-in-law and very extremely close to all of them. And she did. She just kind of taught me that, well, you can have it both ways. You can be a powerful woman in the business um, and still be a good wife and a good friend. You know, it's, I was taught to be very, again, my moral and ethics that were taught very young. Um, I will go into something else in a moment, but so for that was Penny was extremely important. And then Dave and Mike both um, are extremely important to me, Dave Styles and Mike Russo, but um, I truly look at what Mike and I have been through together. And he just helped me grow so much um, professionally and as you know, Catherine, Mike's like the type of man that you just love. He is all about family. His wife and kids absolutely always came first. There were times when myself or Steve Miller in our office, we would work an extra event or two if Mike needed to go watch Megan or Emily or Alex play in the event. You know, if there was something going on, like it is very, um, he taught me that family absolutely always came first. And he also treated everyone kindly at work. It was unbelievable. People were like, I've never seen Mike through so mad. I'm like, when you do, you're <laughs> gonna know it. But it's because he handled everything with such dignity and calmness that I, it used to blow me away. Like where I would get fired up in the, um, in our booth at football games, he could stay definitely, he was like the even culture person that I could always be like, okay, yeah, I need to, tone it down a little bit. Um, meetings, same way. I would just be getting fired up over something that's happening on campus. And he just handled it with such grace that people around campus came to him. Like they were, it was easy to work with people across campus because of Mike's personality. And um, I think uh, obviously for me, a lot of that is um, the relationships that I've built all across campus, which helps us on game days is because of um, the tone I took from Mike and what he was able to teach me. So um, those two where you get people probably with Dave. Um, and then obviously my parents are extremely, extremely important to me. My mom is a, she's a retired teacher and school administrator. And she was the type of administrator that I always looked at and like that everybody loved working for her. Um, she is, hard at times. She is all business at times, but when it's time to play, she's going to have a really good time and make sure her staff and her students had a really good time as well. Um, they are extremely good at their jobs, um, making sure that everything was done correctly on time, in session. Like it was just, I always think like I'm the one that's um, late compared to the rest of my family at all, everything, because they're super efficient on life. My mom, <clears throat> excuse me, my mom was a great coach's wife as well. Um, she supported my dad in everything. She followed him, followed his events. Um, 
I can remember in, gosh, gathering in 26 years, 36 years, whatever, my mom probably only missed, um, she only missed one of my games ever that my dad coached me in um, as, after she had surgery. Um, but it was extremely important, even after, like, as he was in Calvert and Bremont coaching as well, like, one of us were always at one of his games, whether it's my mom or my sister or myself. We, one of us is always going to be at my dad's games. Um, and I think it's just an attribute to what my mom, how she taught us and raised us to be supportive of that. Um, obviously, it helps that we love what he did. So it's like, it's enjoyable. But it's just our family is just extremely close with it. My dad, he was a great leader on the court. He coached both my sister and I. It was always like, people were like, what is it like coach playing for your dad? I'm like, well, as a coach, he would yell at me even more. You know, I was the one that was getting yelled at running down the court or on the bench or, um, and I would take it. But then the minute the game ended, like, he's my dad. And that was the nice part. Like, I've never ever once when my dad was coaching my sister or myself or Bryce for that matter um did he ever like and never cross that line like you always knew that he was your dad or his grandpa and my dad did everything and I won't I'm not gonna cry um he did everything ethically correct referees loved him players loved him assistant coaches coaches from other teams because he was that guy like you just knew he wasn't going to embarrass you. He wasn't going to, he wasn't going to try to intimidate you. Like he, one time his Calvert teams were amazing. Um, when he coached in Calvert girls, the girls in varsity, he was 99 and three in his four seasons there. And uh, there were a couple of teams where in Catherine, you know, girls basketball, like you're either pretty good or you're really bad. And we can be honest, right. In high school basketball with that. Um, and there was a couple of games where he literally could hundred to two and I'm like why don't you just score 100 he's like why would I score 100 on that man like why would I ever embarrass those young ladies like those young ladies are trying to learn and grow in their life as well so I'm never going to embarrass them or their coaches into that aspect so I mean if he needed to stop pressing in the second quarter for the rest of the game he would stop pressing like he was never the person that was ever going to run up a score as much as Sometimes his daughters or his wife wanted him to. He was never going to do that. Um, and I think, you know, looking back, that is like, those are the small things that I think you probably read about Catherine um, after my dad passed away in January. Um, that is what people remember about him is he was a great coach, but every single athlete that he touched along the way. And I just, it's how he raised us. It's how my mom and dad raised us. And I hope I take some of that with me and that's why I extend it. Like I do want to extend grace to people. I hate when people get in trouble, like at our job, if anything goes wrong, I'm like, Oh, I feel horrible. And they're like, I've had people like, why do you feel bad for that person? Like you screw up. I'm like, no, cause we all deserve grace in life. Like we're all going to screw up. We're all going to have um, something go wrong in our job. So I'm never going to like belittle that person or just, you know, like beat them down because my gosh, we all deserve. Jesus doesn't do that to us, thankfully. That's how I was up to look at it. And I'm like, my gosh, please don't ever, I don't ever want to treat someone and belittle them in front of our our colleagues. On that, I'm sorry, Catherine, I think I might have went off on a different tangent when I started talking about my dad. I got so. No worries. I, again, absolutely love that. I love your family. I love having, being, being able to watch um, what you guys mean to each other. And I think talking about your mom and your dad, it's no surprise that you found that in your home away from home at work too, you know, in Penny and Dave and Mike, um, that you found people very similar to your parents to help you grow um, over your professional career as well. And then I think that something that is so important and I think more and more people learned it um, during 2020 is to be human too, right? Bring the human side of life to work, um, that they're, that um, it's okay 
to put family first, right? So you were seeing that very early on in some of your mentors um, saying, hey, family is so important. You saw it at home, family is so important. And that to me is what translated over um, to what, again, people are starting to figure out but that you've known all along and why you've treated people the way that you have, why you extend that grace. Remembering none of us are perfect, right? And um, that we're all going to need it at one point or another. And so if you're the first to extend it, then it makes people, you know, other people are watching and then they're able to extend it whenever um, it becomes their turn. Um, so I love that that we got to hear a little bit more about your family and again, the mentors that have helped you along the way, because I think that that's so important as careers continue to grow, that people are giving back to that next generation and helping leave a legacy. And so you're passing down some really great qualities uh, to that next generation of athletic event management students, um, as well as just people in general that you're surrounded by. Um, the, uh, the next thing that I wanna touch on, um, and I would love for you to share with our listeners is something that you would say um, not necessarily a failure, um, because we, you kind of already touched on that, that it's a learning experience, you know, that at one point or another, we're all going to fail in life. Um, but maybe just something that a crossroad, if you will, and what you learned from it. Oh, that's, I was, that's a little bit more complicated. Um, I think honestly, Catherine, I go back to, and I mentioned it earlier, my younger years in this role of um, needing to be in power and um, thinking I always needed to be right because if I'm not right, then people aren't gonna respect what I'm doing. And that is a huge, I wouldn't, I can't pinpoint like an actual event when I say something like that, but I do look back and those are things that my maturity level has just extended so much. I think as we're growing, again, especially females in this industry, I mean, there are many times in a meeting where I'm one of two females and you you think you need to show that power. Well, those days are gone for me of needing to like show it and like yell it out in the room so everybody can hear it. And I think that is the biggest part for me, like the crossroad of literally just knowing as a female that you can be powerful, but you don't have to be the loudest in the room and you don't have to be the most demanding in the room or the meanest in the room. You can, you can be powerful in the quiet way of just doing your job and making sure all handle, you're handling it correctly. And so I think that's part of it for me with any crossroads is just learning that how to better yourself um, in general. And I hope that's what I've accomplished in the last, I would say, 15 years in this career. Because again, I do remember um, our very first NCAA indoor track meet I ever hosted. It was a fan from... Uh, it was a fan from Texas, and he was belittling me and couldn't believe that we didn't have something printed out correctly, and I was going to, you know, bow up back to him. Um, I think I was probably 28, 29 years old, and I was not going to let this Texas fan do this to me in front of people, and now I look back, I'm like, he was the one that looked like an idiot, <laughs> belittling the young lady, and so now I, I probably would just be like, okay. Or I'll make sure you're happy, you know, we'll take care of it. But back then I I firmly remember like blowing up and just not backing down. And now thinking how how you know idiotic I must have looked as well. And I think those are just growing experiences that you do learn from experience, obviously, in the work field, but then also maturity. Um, I do believe I have a a much stronger faith than I did probably back then as well. And I don't want to treat people ugly. And that's a huge deal for me. So again, I can't think of a, a crossroads per se, but that is my biggest thing that I always take away from this job and my um, life experiences. Absolutely. And kind of ending um, the month of March uh, with Women's History Month, and we um, are seeing a lot of empowered women, um, you know, in, in just, again, 
lots of headway made in the sports industry um, for women mm -hmm. and what they're able to accomplish from 20, 30 years ago, um, that there's a lot of movement. But I think that the the women that you see, like yourself, you know, getting up to being leading a department over, like you mentioned, men's basketball, which is um, mm -hmm. one of the, the top um, top levels there for event management, that it's just, um, you see those women grow. And again, you are most of the time the only one in the room. Um, I uh, can remember that so much, um, with, especially in minor league baseball. But you just think to yourself, you know what, I I'm good at what I do. I know that I've earned my right way here. Um, I have put in the work. Like you said, there, there's going to be people who will never remember um, what you did 20 years ago to pick up a game here and pick up a game here and um, just say all the time, anytime you could raise your hand, it was, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And um, that those are the things that make the difference, right? Whenever I can remember the same thing whenever I was single, like I'll work this game. I'm happy to do this. I'm happy to, because you want the experience and you want to be able to learn as much as you can so that whenever you are in that role, you don't have to really stand up and say, no, this is the way to go. It's more like you show the way to go. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and people start because they've seen you for 20 years um, in that position, you know, it's like, okay, maybe she does know what she's talking about. Um, and, and so you kind of earn it um, by your actions versus yes. um, by, by having to speak it, which is really, really nice whenever people, you can see that respect changing over. Um, and uh, so I hope that, that all women listening, that they just continue to work hard um, because nobody can take away your work ethic. Um, that's something you can you control. And so the harder you work, um, the better off it'll be um, in the end. That's something that I always love to share and, and encourage others. And I think, again, just your actions and where you sit today definitely show all that hard work paying dividends for you. So um, then the next thing that I want to touch on um, for our listeners is uh, what you guys have coming up at AM. I know it's been a completely different year. Um, several things uh, changed in 2020 and um, you from an athletic management uh, you from an event management perspective have been changing things with everyone else in 2020. Um, but now what do you guys have coming up this spring? What are you most excited about? And uh, share kind of where our listeners can get a glimpse of Aggieland. Sure. So um, as you know, and you mentioned 2020 just being completely surreal. Let's put it out there, right? Um, I hope it's a year none of us ever have to experience again, like it was. And before I get into Aggieland, I do have to say this, look, Aaron, as weird as it was, and as like, um, emotionally hard this year was I hope that so many of us have been able to take away like that special time and I hope you got even more time with your kids Catherine um I know your husband's a firefighter so I'm sure he was still out working every on his shifts but um it is I look back at some of the time that I got to spend with my husband um and we survived and that's huge so we, we kind of joked at the beginning, I'm like, if we can survive quarantine or um, yeah, quarantine too, but if we can survive like lockdown, we should be okay. And, you know, by like week six, I'm like, okay, like we're still, we're still in this together and we can make this work. So I do hope that so many of my listeners remember the positive sides to it as well. Like my, beyond my husband and I living in the country. So we spent all of our time together um, alone. But then, like, my sister and brother-in-law were with, you know, their two children, who at the time, Bryce was a senior, and Susanna was a sophomore at Consol, and just the amount of time they got to spend together before Bryce left for college, um, as he went up to Madai, he plays college basketball in Buffalo, New York now, and it is one of those things, like, Lisa, my sister Lisa was like, I would never be able to get that time back, and the amount of games of dominoes and 42 that the four of them were able to play together and just spend that quality time together kids weren't running around at 14 different events they weren't going to their jobs they weren't going to school it's like 
for them, I hope so many of our listeners can take that and go, you know what, it truly was a blessing that I got to spend this amount of time with my loved one or my dog or, you know, just like self-reflection time. I mean, any of that, like, I, I, I do look back and I, there's so many things that I can't take away from what 2020, what 2020 was for us. So, um, so moving on to Aggieland, and I apologize, I know I sidetracked you there, Catherine, yeah. but um, we're currently, we're hosting our fall sports still, as well as our spring sports, and that's where I was kind of going into that. It was such a weird year. Um, football, thankfully, got done. We got our games in. We had a fabulous season at the Orange Bowl, and I do know that we are headed in the right direction, so that part is amazing to be part of. And then, so our fall sports, volleyball and soccer, we are also hosting them currently still because NCAA moved their championship seasons to the spring. So right now we have um, volleyball and soccer that's still competing. Um, men's basketball, obviously, uh, we did not succeed very much this year. I also know Coach Buzz has us moving in the right direction. He's a great um, leader for our student athletes. And then we are in the middle of NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. They um, are continuing to win there. Uh, and then we are hosting, and then in April and May, we are hosting SEC outdoor track and NCAA regional track. So um, what that entails for us is, um, like for the SEC, we basically run it. The SEC brings in some of their folks that oversee the meet, but then like, I'll be the meet manager. Um, so I will be underneath the SEC and then I'll basically divvy out everything that our folks need to do to make sure the meet runs smoothly. Um, and then the same for NCAA regionals. Um, anybody that makes it out of that region then goes to Oregon to Eugene to the NCAA meet. Um, and so we'll have over, in those two weeks, we would have over 2,500 student athletes on campus. Um, for NCAA, right now, it looks like we're gonna be testing them every day. So that's gonna be quite the undertaking between scheduling, um, the testing and making sure that athletes and staff members and officials are being tested um, at the right time and it, and in enough time because that's been the biggest bugaboo for our athletic trainers is making sure that the timing works out um, so that they can get people tested results and then in enough time to either leave on a plane on a bus or bring them back in to the facility or if someone fails a test having to make sure we have a rapid antigen test available so we can fill that person's role. I mean, that's the other issue. So that's kind of the things we have going on right now. Um, track obviously is always successful. We finished third in the women's SEC indoor meet and um, we have a really, really good shot of, um, we could win outdoors. This year we have our four by four relays are always fabulous at A&M and this year is no exception. So. Um, they're really fun to watch. Um, soccer, we're in the middle of that, as I said, and we're hoping to, um, we'll be in the NCAA tournament, um, and then we're waiting for the NCAA to decide if sites will be hosted at home, because if they are, then we'll probably end up hosting a um, regional site for soccer as well, um, or they may just end up doing a bubble for NCAA soccer, much like they're doing for the women's basketball and men's basketball NCAA tournaments. And then other thing is right now we're, I oversee our Aggie dance team. They're in the middle of national practice. They go to nationals uh, April 9th and 10th for the first time in 26 years. They're competing. And so I'm very excited for these young ladies to be able to go in and compete. Their coaches, uh, she's, an, she's a former Atlanta Falcon dancer. Um, and she is just motivated and to make these girls the best they can be. And so I'm very excited that she has them competing again and has the ability to go and take them. We have an we have an event in Dallas for pre-nationals that they will be competing in. And then um, from there, they'll go to nationals April 9th and 10th, like I mentioned, hopefully do well. So it's just even more, you know, again, even more woman power in my world that I get to see these young ladies go out and achieve major goals there too. 
That is awesome. And um, again, always something going on at Texas A&M and what I love um, both from the athletic side as well as the student side um, for any of our listeners who um, are coming up on their college days or maybe have kids coming up on their college days is Texas A&M. It's a massive campus, a massive school, but there's always something there that just makes you feel like it's home, right? Um, that it's the family atmosphere. And again, I think that there's so many leaders in the past who have really continued as the, you know, they put growth at a top priority there um, so that the university could grow, but that they've kept those traditions, those values um, at the forefront of all of it. And it just, um, every time we we still get to come down there, um, it just feels like home. And so I, uh, again, just you being a part of it for the past 26 years, uh, we're going on 26 years and getting to be involved in so many students' lives, um, working across campus all the way. I think that that is, um, again, it's just an extension of your family and then everything that we've already touched on all of the uh, the values that you bring to the table you're able to um to be a, a little part of that yeah. or the university um to to keep that family growing and to keep that family feel so I would agree AM does definitely have a a home family feel uh, college station Brian college station does truly have that it's a different, it's a different place. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I wish you um, good luck the rest of the way um, for everything that you have coming up in the spring and all of the um, little challenges that will, that will bring your way. I know that you will be able to figure those out and navigate them um, and uh, continue to lead the event management team there. Um, just with the, the highest of high standards um, to get, everyone through competition season and, uh, and making sure that you're providing a wonderful environment for um, the student athletes with all of their safety in mind, um, as well as the spectators. So looking forward to watching all of that. And uh, again, just so many things that we've touched on uh, today. Um, excited for our listeners to hear a little bit more about your journey. And one uh, last question for you is, um, what does joy in the journey mean to you? Well, I will say this. Um, I've thought about that question, Heather, when you sent that to me. Um, and I think a lot of it is, um, there are many times that when I bring God to work in the workplace with me, sometimes I almost feel overwhelmed or I'm like, God doesn't want to deal with this sort of thing. And so then I have to remember like, no, he would, like, I can ask the Lord for help in this part of my life as well. Because for me, that is my job is the place I probably ask comes to the Lord. And I don't know why that is, but for me, that's usually where I'm like, I never even thought to switch. I ask him for everywhere else. So why I don't do it in my workplace, I have no idea. Um, but I think that's part of it is um, I just, I do seek favor from him. And when I do, um, I seek him out, the joy in accomplishing my job duty, it's just, it's ultimately greater for me when I'm like, yes, I want, you know, I want to walk with the Lord in this aspect of my job and I need him to help me in this aspect of my job or in this job duty. And when he shows favor in that, it is like, it's even that much greater and that much more exciting for me. So um, that is probably for me, what joy in the journey means. And I always, when I was reading your, when I read your stuff, um, the Bible verse that always comes to my mind is the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I'm like, yes, it's so accurate. I, when I was, um, writing some of this stuff out initially, it was when my dad was in the hospital and, um, and then ultimately he passed away the first time I was supposed to do this with you. Um, and I just had this little note that I'd written down during that time. And it just said, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking in anything. And that's from James. Um, I just, for whatever reason that day, I clearly remember like that is the Bible verse that just stuck in my mind and perseverance 
finishes work like okay and again i think the word maturity and completing came to my mind when i read that and um even during my you know my dad passing away like he persevered and he finished his race and um we all know where we're gonna end up by god's grace so um those are like the two bible verses i've really looked at lately they're, they haven't always been my two Bible verses that I would go to, but for some reason in the last four or five months, these are the ones that have really stuck with me. Um, and so, you know, again, join the journey, accomplishing everything in your life, whether it's personal or work-related, um, and making sure that the Lord is with you during that time, because it really does make it that much sweeter. So, Absolutely. And, and I think so many times before I've heard, um, especially for us uh, on the event side where we like to control everything, yeah. is just turning over that control and saying, Lord, um, this is yours. Do with it. I am here. I am your servant. Um, please use me to make a difference um, specifically for you on campus, you know, um, make a difference in the students' lives, make a difference in this event that we're hosting, protect, protection, safety, security, all of those things that you oversee um, is that you want God to have a hand in that. And whenever we do, it is absolutely amazing. Um, I know it's something that, that I continue to work on daily and you can just see, um, Again, going back to your family and the way that you were raised is faith was important, right? And um, we talked a little bit about um, your niece and nephew and kind of their journeys as well. And you can just see the Lord in every little aspect of it. And so when you release control over that last aspect over your business, um, that all of a sudden now you're surrounded and you just feel, um, you feel fulfilled, you feel grateful and you find that joy, um, which I absolutely love. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing those verses, um, with us today. And, um, Again, I just can't thank you enough for joining me um, and for sharing a little bit about your journey and letting us in um, to the family side as well. Uh, I know that you will continue to do amazing things in Aggieland. Um, and so definitely I'll be continuing to cheer for the Aggies and hopefully some, some of our <laughs> listeners will too. Um, because uh, again, it, it will always hold a special place in my heart. Um, and so again, so grateful that, um, that College Station brought us together and um, that we can continue um, to visit. Uh, so again, thank you so much for joining me and uh, thank you all for tuning in. If there's ever a topic or a guest that you want to hear from, please email me at kbt at and let me know. I'm so excited to continue to share with you all and love to hear from you. So please subscribe and leave me a review wherever it is that you're getting this podcast. Until next week, I will leave you with the words from Thomas Monson. Let us relish life as we live it, find joy in the journey, and share our love with friends and family.